What's up, Internet? You're tuned in episode 45 of the Potscast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always by my very good friends, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. And Pixelpar. Hey, guys. Two weeks in a row, boys. Uh, I know. Back. Hey. <laughs> hey. And do you know, I, am I here next week? Yeah, I'm here next week. And But then I'm away the week after, but I might take my microphone with me. Good. Ooh. Yes, you need to be here. We need to. We need to be at least on yeah. for a month in a row before someone takes. A it show depends. Off. It really depends what the internet's like in the middle of nowhere in the Lake District, but we'll see. <laughs> Tune into this week's After Dark to hear all about that trip. <laughs> so on this week's show, we're talking about Darksiders, Doom, Duke Nukem, Pokemon, and all kinds of other stuff. So let's just jump right into it. Talk about what we're playing this week. Um, Pixel, why don't you start things off because you. Uh, this past weekend, got to go to EGX, uh, which for those of you, you know, in our audience who aren't from the UK is one of the big gaming conventions there. Um, you got to play a ton of really cool games, both big Nintendo stuff and little indie stuff. Give us some of your highlights. Highlights? Ooh, Silk Song. That was a... Although I yeah, didn't... I would have to imagine. I didn't actually get to play Silk Song. Oh my Ma- god. Max wanted to write impressions and... I let him take like two turns to go through and play it. So I just stood back and watched. But my God, does it look good? It looks wow. so good. Pixel, you are a gentleman and a scholar. You let Max have two sessions and so you didn't even get to play. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. You know, I don't want to spoil myself too early. I'm definitely picking up. Though. I mean, I thought that was already decided. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what? what about it? like stuck out to you does it look just more like more hollow knight or does is there some oh. new innovations that you're looking forward to well there's quite a few new innovations in it i think they've already covered that in treehouse events and stuff but seeing the game in action like it's so much more detailed than the original hollow knight like the backgrounds everything looks really lush like one area is kind of like a, a mossy area and the background's cool. so detailed compared to what they did in hollow knight like hollow knight looked great yeah like, that's saying something when you say that it looks better than Hollow Knight, because I feel like that was the thing that drew me to Hollow Knight in the first place, was like, damn, this is an attractive art style. Yeah, I'd say Hollow Knight's a good, like, if you put Hollow Knight at 10, Silk Sun's like 11. It's <sighs> nice. It's got those nice finishing touches on it, just make it stand out. Yeah, well, now they have money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? It's like, Helps, that's the right? game they made when no one knew who the fuck they were. Like... <laughs> Oh man, yeah. So cool. that was one of the highlights, I think. Um, they had quite a few Nintendo games out that were already out, so I kind of skipped over those ones. Um, I got to play Luigi's Mansion Three. Okay. How how was that? Yeah. What are we thinking? I'm think right. So I've I've had it on pre-order for a while. I'm not going to cancel my pre-order because it, it looks really good, like graphically perfect. Although I did see a little glitch where. One of the chains was wobbling around. It was really weird. It was like glitching in and out of the screen. Um, but that aside, it looked fantastic. Um, again, <laughs> I let Max take the lead on this one because the way they had it set up... I did play it, don't worry. <laughs> the way they had it set up was they had the main switch docked with a big screen. And by the side of it, they had a little switch light. Okay. So instead of taking up two units and stopping other people playing, I was like, Max, you play it on the big screen and I'll play it on the... Switch Lite. Well, I also want to know your thoughts on the Switch Lite, then. Okay, I'll get to that after. I also played Witcher on the Switch Lite, so I've got some thoughts on that, too. Ooh. <laughs> but yeah, on the Switch Lite, Luigi's Mansion is a bit weird, 
I, I wouldn't recommend playing it on a Switch Lite. Like, why? What what stuck out about it on the Switch Lite versus the Switch Prime? Okay, so the demo they had at EGX is kind of like the, the medieval area. I, I don't know what okay. it's officially called. The floor that's a medieval-themed one. In one of the sections, it kind of zooms out, so you're looking at two floors, and they're quite distance out. And you have to kind of move Luigi down onto the second floor, do stuff to get Luigi down, you know, solve the puzzle that way. And on the Switch Lite screen, it's just so small that you can't really make make it like you're really squinting and looking really closely because the shot's just so big and the screen's yeah. so small. It's it's quite hard to make every everything out. Aside from that, th- there is a way around the next one that I was told afterwards by someone else. Um, but basically, on the Switch Lite, where you've got the bottom analog stick on Luigi's Mansion, you have to press A to use it. I think it's like, it's like a flashlight, basically. And to be able to move the bottom right stick and do the flashlight at the same time is really, really awkward on the Switch Lite. Like, your thumb can't really move and then tap A at the same time. It's just really uncomfortable. Okay. Um, so I was trying to fight the boss, and you have to use your flashlight for the boss on that level. And I was you, basically, the boss is running around you on, like, a... I don't want to spoil it, but on the back of something. And it's going around, and you have to turn, aim using the bottom right analog stick, and then hit them with your flashlight at the right time. And I just couldn't do it. I was struggling so hard. I'd turn and I'd be trying to reach A, and by that time I'd already screwed up. Um, I later learned that one of the back bumper buttons does the same thing. But yeah, the Nintendo rep didn't tell me. They just let me struggle. <laughs> they just was like, wow, this guy sucks at Luigi's Mansion. I know, right? I think Max finished a good five minutes before me. Is there no way to like remap the A button to like a shoulder button or something like that? It's a Nintendo game, Steve. Of course you can't remap the controls. So in the demo, there was no remapping, and you could. I think the control was kind of inverse as well, like invert controls. Oh fuck that! <sighs> if they, if I can't turn that off, then I will not be buying that. I won't yeah, even play. I spoke it. to someone who's doing a review of it who thought he's already got like the full version of the game, and they said that in the full version, the back bumper button can be used as a flashlight. I think it's ZR. And okay. you, and it's not it's not inverse by default, so okay, great. But yeah, points still stands. I just would play it on the Switch Lite. That's a shame. But okay, what about the Witcher on the Switch Lite? How first of all, how is the Witcher? Does it look good? Is it worth me buying the Witcher? Because I'm seriously considering it. And how does it how does it feel? Well, how does the Switch Lite feel in general? Rather than just like you know, all oh, the screens a bit small. What else do you think about it? It's a lot lighter no pun intended, than I thought it would be. It feels like a toy. It doesn't okay. feel like you're holding a like phone. Like Me and Max picked up our phones. I've got a Google Pixel, and I think he's got a OnePlus 6 or a OnePlus 5, and both of our phones were heavier than the Switch Lite. Wow. Yeah, I, I held one at a... Uh, I was at like Target recently, and I went over to the display version, and I had Sarah... Because, like... I don't know if you guys have ever seen one of the display models at like a store where they're like hooked in with like a you know like a thing that'll kind of keep it in place so you can pick it up but not pull it too far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I I was like, babe, come here, and I had her hold it like the the thing so that the weight wasn't on it so I could feel how heavy it was. <laughs> and I was like, Jesus, like it it feels like you could snap it in half. Like yeah. if you mm-hmm. and not not because it has like a bad quality, but it's just so light and thin. Have you ever picked up one of the you know when you get mobile phones and they're in like 
car phone warehouse or whatever <clears throat> phone store you have in the US, they always put those like fake models on display that are like really light. They're basically just imitation outer shells and the empty inside. They don't. They don't do that here. Oh well, I don't know. If it's <laughs> it's, do you know it's like when you go to like it's like when you go to IKEA and there's like the fake laptops on the desk and you pick it up sure. and it's like a piece okay. of paper. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what the switch light felt like to me. It was like I'm picking up something which is just a display model and doesn't have any in it. It was a really weird feeling. Mm. How do we always get to IKEA on this show? We're <laughs> sponsored by them, man. <laughs> D- didn't we tell you? Brought to you by Swedish meatballs <laughs> and Lincoln berries. <laughs> okay, so so Witcher, Witcher, what do you think of that? Yeah. Uh it's kind of what I expected. I'm. It's it's not the best version to play in terms of like compared to like the PC and PS4 versions. You know they've lost a bit of detail. It's slightly blurry. Okay. Even on handheld, it was it seemed blurry. Yes, there's a okay. tiny bit of blur there. Like it's not overly blurry, but it's definitely kind of they've compensated by adding a bit of blur. Like they've lowered the resolution a bit too much. I was talking about it with. Uh, I think it was. I think it was Cronius in our Discord, and he was saying that it, it's pretty akin to playing the game on PC on, like, lowest settings. Oh, that's exactly what it is, because there was a story that came out that people that have got, like, a, a jailbroken Switch were able to add a config file and bump up the resolution. It's literally just a PC port on low, and you can just add a config file to uh, bump up the resolution and bump up the settings, but it will essentially cook your Switch if you do it. <laughs> Delicious. But yeah, I, I still think it's reckon I reckon it's worth picking up on Switch. If if the if the end of this year wasn't so jam packed with games, I'd definitely be replaying it on Switch. Yeah, Steve, I gotta I gotta try to dissuade you here, man. You have bought so many games this year that you have not even come close to finishing. <laughs> Do you really think you're gonna finish The Witcher Three? No, no, I don't think I'll finish it. But uh, I was thinking about this. Do I need to finish games? Like, it's a thing that I was thinking about maybe doing a feature for. It's just like I buy all these games and I never finish them. But I don't think that particularly bothers me because I do get enjoyment out of it. You know, I jump off at a certain point in time, but you know, it's not always do I need to get right to the end and go, yeah, I feel really satisfied. Like Skyrim, for example, until I played it on Switch, I'd never really finished like the main quest line of that, but I'd had a lot of fun exploring and running around and doing stuff. How's Link's Awakening going? I've I've not finished the Angler dungeon. <laughs> I'm in it now. I've 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 unlocked it and I'm in the dungeon. You should probably now. stop have- then, you know. Stop there. Job done. I've had the experience. I, I honestly feel like I could jump off and I would be satisfied now. Having See, done that I, amount I, on Link's Awakening. I'm not a completionist. I, you know, I've never found all the dungeons on Breath of the Wild. Okay. See, I, I feel like there's a big difference between those things, though. Because I, I agree with you. I don't think you need to finish a game. You don't owe a game to roll credits on it. Like, if you if it loses your interest, it loses your interest. Um, But... But I've played I five do... minutes of Fire Emblem. I really, really should give that a decent Right. Stint. Like, that's, like, more where yeah. I'm coming from. Is I, I feel like a lot of times, it's not even that you, like, play a game and get 75% of the way through no, and you're like, I'm done. Yeah. It's like you scratch the surface of it and then you're like, oh, I'm going to buy the new thing. I know. Well, I've done that with Goose Game. I still haven't finished that. But now I was going through the store yesterday and I was like, I really want to buy Obra Dinn because I've been wanting to play Obra Dinn for, like, a year. And it's yeah. finally on console. And so I can finally play it, because I don't have a game in PC. You should finish another game. And I really, really want to play Return of Oberdeen. You should take my rule. You should totally take my rule, which is, I buy a game, 
I finish it, and then I buy the next one. Yeah, I know, but if I did that, I'd never buy any games, and I'd never play anything, and I'd never have anything to talk about but on the show. you might be. You might be more encouraged to finish games. I'd be playing the same game for like 52 weeks, and I would never finish it. You know, look at Red Dead Redemption. It would take you that long if you stopped diverting your attention to new games for five seconds. <laughs> Do you know how long it would take you to beat Untitled Goose Game? It's like a three-hour game. Hey, I'm I'm already two hours into that, so okay, so, maybe I just need to sit down for an hour and finish that. Yeah, sit there for an hour and finish it, and then buy Over Den. I got lost on Link's Awakening. I've ha- I had to look up a walkthrough. So. There's no shame in that. That game is not like the signposting in it isn't very good. There's so often where it's just like <laughs> go southwest, and it's like, what? okay, <laughs> that's a huge amount of the map. What do you mean? <laughs> So I, I I'm back on track now. I'm in the angler cave. I pro- I will finish that game. I think, but I'm not going to find everything. I don't care about finding all the little That's fine. secret stuff. You don't stuff. need to do that. Nobody's asking you to be a completionist. Just beat the damn game, Steve. Okay. Okay. But okay. well, okay. we need you need to define what beating the game is. Is beating a game rolling Roll credits? credits. Roll credits. Yeah. Okay. That's that's how I define beating a game. You don't need 100% it. That's all extra shit. But you complete the story, get to the end, see the credits, hear the last theme, and get back to the title screen. Hit the, skip, hit the skip button the whole time while the credits roll. <laughs> <laughs> and then I could put it away, put it on my shelf, and get the next game. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. exactly. Now do what you did with Link's Awakening. Go for a guide if you're stuck at like 75% and just finish it. Yeah. yeah, there's no shame in looking at a guide. I was reading the IGM one, and it's really obnoxiously written, as if it's like an adventure story. It's awful. Polygon's guide is really good. Okay. That was the one that I used when I got Oh, cheer. <laughs> I, th- I thought you knew this game off by heart, you, were you like, played I it when this. you were 12. I, I, I played this when I was a kid, and I got through it without having Here to Here we go. The truth, yeah, the yeah, truth unfolds. Did. And guess what? I'm sorry I forgot some <laughs> elements since I played it the like first 20 time years 20 later. fucking years ago. <laughs> but that'd be fine, but you made such a big issue of you remembering it. Off by heart, because you completed it that when you were like one years the old or something. six hours of the game, which I played like <laughs> ten times. Fuck you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God forbid I get stuck at like one fucking part. You guys are the worst. <laughs> 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 God, you fucking, you didn't even play anything this week, Pixel. You throw shade at me. <laughs> hey, I played loads of demos. Counts. Did you or did you watch Max play them? Pixel's been offline so long. That when you go on the Switch friends list, it just says offline. It doesn't even say like two weeks ago or anything. Like that. It's been that long since he turned his Switch on. I have multiple profiles, man. It doesn't matter. Even if you ever to connect to the internet, it still shows that you, you were online. I don't have Switch online. I didn't renew. No, but you connected to Wi-Fi at your house. No, because I changed my Wi-Fi provider. Oh, my this is provider. absolute nonsense. It's not. I changed <laughs> Wi-Fi provider and never put the new one in. A likely story. Do you not change your SSID? Huh? Like when you get a new Wi-Fi, you don't you don't bother changing the, the like name of it or anything. Yeah, mine's called Zoidberg at the moment. Hell yeah! Oh, okay, that's pretty cool. I don't know you're a Futurama guy. Very nice. Hell yeah! Do you, know, you know what mine is? It's uh, Friendly Neighborhood Spiderland. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So as for me, uh, I picked up a little game called Little Town Hero this week and uh i if you guys are listeners of after dark you'll know i was taking a vacation uh this week and um so i had a flight i needed something to play uh so i grabbed little town hero despite getting kind of middling reviews um i wanted to check it out for myself and i was pleasantly surprised 
Uh, I think that so a, a lot of the reviews I saw were like sitting around a seven, and I think that that mostly comes from the fact that the game is not very well optimized. <laughs> I thought you were going to say not Pokemon then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's possible, but because uh, I I think that the 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 core mechanics are actually pretty good. I'm like two chapters in right now, which is like about two three hours worth of gameplay probably. Okay. Um, so I've done like the first major battle where they kind of like let you just see what the battles are like without like trying to teach you all of the different mechanics. Um, because there are a lot, a lot of mechanics. Yeah, I saw that UI menu, there's like buttons everywhere. Does it make sense when you get into it? Yes, but it's one of the only RPGs I've ever played where I felt like a longer, more drawn-out tutorial was like actually necessary, because the tutorial is like kind of, you know, it's, it's like introducing you to the town, it's introducing you to how you talk to people and all that stuff, but then it also like one step at a time teaches you how each part of the battle system interacts with each other. So, mm-hmm. like, the first time that they show you how, like, things work, like, three or four of the main mechanics are just, like, not included. So, like, you keep thinking, oh, I've got it, and then they're like, all right, here's a new thing. And you're like, what? Uh, uh, oh, okay. So there's, like, a lot of balls to keep in the air or, like, you know, plates to spin. Um, but once you once you get through the tutorial i feel like i was i had a really good handle on how it worked and once i got to the first big battle like it was easy to start strategizing and like manipulating the system the way that you should be you know Mm -hmm. so like it's complicated because just to give you like a brief overview every time you're in a battle it'll be you versus you know whatever other character you're fighting right and at the start of every turn uh the enemy will show all of the moves that they're going to do their turn. So then you're for like the start of your turn, your character has a bunch of like ideas for attacks that they can do. Um, So it's like almost like a deck builder where like you just draw five random attacks that are like in your knowledge base. And then you have, uh, I think it's five bits of energy that you can use to turn those ideas into actual attacks that you can use in the fight. Okay, at least is the energy like type specific or can it just be used for no. enemy? Yeah, the the attacks are type specific. So there's like attacking attacks, defending attacks, and um like special attacks. Okay. And what you'll do is like you'll use your energy, you'll get all those things, and then they go into your little library, and anything you don't use on one turn carries over to the next one. How about the ones you do use? They they have uh like an attack and defense value. So if their if their defense value gets wiped out, then they they're gone and they go back in your deck basically. Okay, that's quite interesting. And it's cool because what happens basically is each character that I've experienced so far has three hearts. Um, and then sometimes in like monster battles, you get like an additional like three like shield. Um, and what happens is, say the monster throws out two attacks, right? If I perfectly block their two attacks so that they get wiped out it opens up an extra turn where you can actually hit them with whatever with whatever remaining attack you have and deal damage to their hearts directly otherwise like if you get to that stage and you can't hit them you get uh, a battle point that you can then use to go into this library that you have of all of the attack ideas that you have and start switching them around so that you can be like oh i really wish i could use this ability right now and if you have 
the requisite battle points, you can go in there and switch it into your active stuff. So, again, like, it's hard to explain because there's so much crap that you can do. Um, but then they introduced the other thing, which is that the game, t- the, all the fights take place on a board, which is the town. So at the end of every turn, you roll a die and you move to a space in the town and different townspeople will be standing in different places. Um, so like in front of the main character's house, like your mom will be there. And if you go there and use her support, you get an ability where she like gives plus one, plus one to all your attacks. And there's, like, another character who's, like, your best friend, and if you use his support, you one of the ideas that you have, you get to just play for free, and you don't have to use any energy. And that's just random as to whether you land on that space? Yes, unless you, you have an ability that gives you the ability to choose where you move. Like, I have an attack in my deck where if, if you use the attack and you uh, break the opponent's attack, you get a free movement to anywhere within a certain radius. So you could, like, choose to go to that space and use that ability. Is the whole game kind of based on this board system, then? Or can you free roam and have a look around? There's free roam for the story parts. So Mm -hmm. when you're not in a battle, you can just walk around the town, you can talk to the townspeople, Um, there are, like, different, you know, parts of... There's, like, a mine where your character works that you can go to, there's the main part of the town, there's this other area how does that stuff feel compared to the battle so that is where the game is the probably the most janky um and where i think a lot of the complaints are coming from because the the like best example i can give is that um so like when you when your character runs right this weird thing happens where your legs don't move right away (laughs) so like you you start running and your character is like standing right and here steve i I need you to i need you to see this visual aid so you're like this (laughs) and you like you just like moonwalk forward and then start running so like it doesn't make you wait to start moving but it's like it takes the animation a second to catch up with the fact that you're moving and um another super weird thing is so remember how i mentioned that there is that like special opportunity attack that you can do Mm mm-hmm so at the end of that, every time there's an animation where your character does like a big attack, right? And they're like, ah, and like whatever, right? Every time that they do that scream, there's a hard cut on the music and it starts again. Speaking of the music, how is the music? It's very good. Toby okay. Fox is a goddamn genius. <laughs> um, and even the art is good. Like the the style is good and everything. It doesn't look bad. It's just like. Not well optimized. It's it definitely seems like it needed a few more months of QA. Would you would you recommend it? Uh I think if you if you like RPGs, like if you're if you're into turn based battling, I think the battle system is definitely like unique enough that I'm glad I checked it out. Mm-hmm. And I have found the game to be like pretty charming. Like it's pretty funny and like I'm I'm interested in the story right now, which is more than I can say for you know, a Pokemon game, because um, that's usually not the appeal. Is there a story on a Pokemon game? It depends on which one you're playing. Uh, <laughs> I think I think it really depends on the kind of gamer you are. You know, like, I don't know that I would recommend it to either of you guys, because I know that you're not, like, huge on turn-based RPGs. No, I disagree. I am. I do like turn-based RPGs, just... Not like this. And, like, there's so many other ones kicking around that I want to play. Still want to play Fire Emblem. There's um, Divinity Original Sin 2. Baldur's Gate's just been released. There's so many There's so many things out there 
that this doesn't seem to compete on that same level. I would definitely play Fire Emblem before this. Um, but, you know, for for me, like, I it's scratching an itch for me right now, you know, because it's like a more bite-sized experience. Like, I, I think it only takes like 10 or 15 hours to beat. And um, it's 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 really different, you know, like all of those games that you just mentioned, like, like I I loved Fire Emblem, like it's my game of the year. But I've played other games like Fire Emblem. I played Wargroove earlier this year, and it's essentially the same kind of mechanics. And like Dragon Quest, like whatever else, like it's all the same shit, you know, just with a new coat of paint and a new world and new locales, whatever. Not to take anything away from those games, but what Little Town Hero is doing is wholly unique. And that's really cool. Um, and for for me anyway, ba- and again, I've only played a few hours of it. So like, who knows? It could be a dumpster fire by the second half of the game. But the introduction, which is usually the weakest part of a game, like hooked me when I wasn't really expecting it to, you know? And I think that if you really like RPGs, like this is not like any other one that I've played in terms of the flow of combat. And uh, I think... Regardless of the many legitimate criticisms you could levy at Game Freak, I don't think that, uh, like, battle design is one of them. That's always felt good in Pokemon. And, like, seeing them apply that to a brand new formula that's, like, radically different than anything I've ever played is pretty cool. Do you think this, this like, battle mechanic stemmed from, like, an experiment that they were maybe doing to see if they could mix things up in Pokemon and then maybe this would... Come into I don't that think so, just it's, it's so different. Like, it's it's got such a different flow um, than, than Pokemon, and, like, I think if they did something like that, like, it would totally upend things, and to a point where it wouldn't be what Pokemon is, you know? And I, I definitely don't think that that's, like, that's the one part of the formula that doesn't need shaking up, you know? Like, the battles work, and they continue to innovate in on them in ways that are, like, making them different every every generation you know every as somebody who plays competitive the metagame every generation is so different you know um even if the surface level has been the same so i i think this is just them wanting to experiment with something different you know and like they always do that every once in a while where they're like oh yeah game freak put out this game that nobody heard of i think this one just got (laughs) like a little bit more attention um but it doesn't look like it's resonating in terms of like people picking it up and everything. It came out at a tough time and came out with soft reviews on a not so soft year. It sounds like it just needed a little bit more time in the oven. And it's strange to me that they released this a month before Pokemon. Yeah. Pixel and I were talking about this a couple of days ago. And that was like what I said to him. I was like, I feel like if this game had like six more months to cook, like it would be, it would be an eight instead of a seven. And it could have come out at a time where there were l- way less games out. And, like, if this came out, like, this summer, right, when there was, like, fucking nothing, when mm. we were waiting for Fire Emblem, like, I think it would have been a game that got way more attention. Um, So it, it's it's a shame, but I am enjoying it so far. I'm definitely planning on seeing it through, and I think if you were interested in it, like, give it a shot. I don't I don't think that the reviews should turn you off because they did turn me off and I'm glad I didn't listen to them because I think it's actually pretty cool. All right, so moving along into the news this week, Darksiders Genesis is launching for Nintendo Switch in February 2020. Oh, just in time for Valentine's Day. 
Mm-hmm. The most romantic game for you to play with uh, with your lover this Valentine's Day. I mean, Day. I'll play it with with someone on Valentine's Day. That'd be a good game. It's it's got split split split, uh, split screen co op. <laughs> I, I got to play this on PC at EGX actually. What'd you think? I didn't like it. Oh. Oh no. Yeah. Why? What was wrong? Not impressed. <sighs> Just there's nothing unique about it that attracted me. Boulder's game, right? Oh, it's Diablo, right? <sighs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm ready for a new. <laughs> That's all Steve wants. Yeah, fair enough, then, man. I'm ready for that. I want. I wanted a Dark Siders game, though. Not there's not the a... there's the Minecraft one coming out like this as well, and it's like, mm, are we going to be tired of this format? Because Diablo Four is just around the corner. That is going to be announced at uh, BlizzCon this year. I think. Uh, I think they're probably banking on the fact that those are very different markets. You know, the people that buy. Minecraft Diablo are probably yeah. not the same people who are going to... I mean, some, but I think there's a lot of people who will buy the Minecraft game because it's Minecraft, mm-hmm. not because they want a Diablo-style game. Mm-hmm. Whereas this feels more aimed at Diablo fans. of yeah. just like, you like edgy dungeon crawlers, right? Here's one. There's that, <laughs> there was that other Diablo uh, clone that came to Switch recently. I can't remember the name of it, but it's literally Diablo, and it even has like the mana and the health balls and the... <laughs> Let me have a look. Diablo. I think Diablo 4 is probably not, like, even if they announce it, it's probably not coming out for a while. I I don't know. We'll see how this game nets out. I don't know. If they were going to announce it, they would have held it back now, based on what's happened. No, they need something for BlizzCon. I, I think I think with, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of with Steve on that one, where I, I feel like the rumor of that in Overwatch 2, like, I honestly could see, because... I think there was that rumor going around that this BlizzCon was going to be the one where they wanted to like make up for last year and like how bad it went. So I'm sure they have a bunch of announcements like in the chamber and they're like, screw it. Like, we're just going to ride this out and announce a bunch of like really hype stuff and hope that everybody just forgets. You know, I definitely think that's their strategy. Just like we all forgot about Darksiders and 4chan, right? Yeah, I was going to say, are you still on your THQ Nordic blacklist or are you off that now? It's not fair to completely blacklist them because the developers of most of the games they publish weren't involved in that. It was just a bad decision by the publisher. Mm-hmm. But I'm still cautiously approaching news that they put out with that in mind. But I guess it doesn't matter because you don't even think this game looks good. No, I genuinely didn't enjoy it. Do you enjoy Diablo? I, I did like Diablo. I've not played a lot of it. I've played some of it, like dropped in and played a bit here and there. Okay. Um, I just, I don't know, there's just something about Dark, maybe it was because my brain was going, you're playing Darksiders, but this isn't Darksiders? Yeah. I've never played Darksiders. It's basically like a, a Zelda claim, like, mm-hmm. its own spin on Zelda. Edgy Zelda. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, Diablo has never appealed to me. What's wrong with you, Pete? I've only ever played Diablo 3, so I, I know that that's, like, maybe not the most popular one, but I played it after it was fixed. Yeah. D2's the best. Um, yeah, that's, that's my understanding um but i just don't think it feels good like i i bought diablo 3 for my roommate in college like as a gift and we played through it together and like playing through it with him was fun because mm-hmm. you know we're sitting on our couch we were having a couple beers we're laughing at the shitty dialogue and everything but i never felt like the game was fun 
You know, like the experience of it can be fun with other people, but I felt like it was like we'd get into a fight and excluding like one or two boss fights where it was like really hectic, I would basically just stand in the middle of the screen and do an attack and just spin in a circle while idiot mobs ran at me, you know, and I'm just like, I don't, this doesn't like feel good. It doesn't make me feel powerful and I don't like loot chasing. So like okay. there was like very little in that loop that was rewarding for me. So uh, this is like not on my radar either. Pixel saying it's bad is just like, all right, cool, nail in the coffin. I'm not going to. It's not necessarily it. bad. It's just I'm I'm not going to pick it up based on what I experienced. Okay. Expect the review on Loopbox.com from Pixel then. No, I'll, <laughs> I'll let you do that one. <laughs> all right. So moving right along, uh, Doom sixty four. Uh, we've gotten the confirmation that it's been uh, delayed all the way to March. I was pretty sure that we already talked about this. But because when Doom Eternal's delay, came I around, didn't even was... remember that they officially announced this for Switch. Because I remember the two Dooms came out, and I remember saying, "I wish they did Doom sixty four because I've never played it." Right. And then they said it was coming to Switch, and then they delayed Doom Eternal, and they said that Doom sixty four would be a pre order bonus for you pre ordering the game, and it would be on Switch. But you can buy it separately on Switch, and that's what this delay right. is about. It's you're not going to be able to get it until. Was it March 2020 now? I'm sorry, I won't be playing it on March 20th, 2020, because I'll be playing Animal Crossing New Horizons on March 20th, 2020. Yeah, and if I'm not playing Animal Crossing, I'm going to be playing Doom Eternal. So Mm -hmm. The thing is, I think I want Doom Eternal (laughs) on my PS4, but I want Doom 64 on my Switch. Really a dilemma. Well, you could buy them separately. You'd you'd be double dipping, but one of them would be free. Yeah, that's that's true. I wish I could re- like get the pre-order bonus and then redeem it on another platform. You know, yeah, that would be nice. Like, what do you care, Bethesda? <laughs> oh my god, well, we're talking about Def- Bethesda. Did you see the Fallout seventy six stuff this week? I know it's off topic, <laughs> but oh my god, what a great they, move! Eh? Could they misfire any more with that game? I don't even know. I mean, like, and granted, like, I I think there's logic behind that because there is a community still playing the game. So, like, you want to monetize them so you can keep supporting it. But, like, what a... Come on. Like, how did you not anticipate that PR disaster? A hundred (sighs) dollars a year. Anyway. Woof. Yeah, the fact that they're like, we're going to charge, like, World of Warcraft prices for this. It's like, what are you thinking? Like, get the fuck out of here. Oh, man. Oh, my God. All right. So, uh, next up, Duke Nukem 3D 20th Anniversary World Tour. That is a mouthful. Has been (laughs) rated for Nintendo Switch. Duke Nukem, you know, I think is a a brand that if you're a certain age means a lot to you. And if you're me and Steve's age, it's a fucking joke. But uh, (laughs) if you wanted some Duke Nukem, it's coming to Nintendo Switch. Uh Ah, I don't know, man. I I think it's funny because this was this was the twentieth anniversary one, and it came out what three years ago. Yeah, yeah. I I like how uh Danny who who wrote the article he made a joke about that, and then he wrote more like the twenty third anniversary world tour. Am I right? <laughs> that little that rascal. Jeez. <laughs> I'm guessing you guys won't be uh, looking forward to this one then. If it's if it's cheap as cheap as chips, I'll probably give it a go. Nope. Still won't. I'd rather have the chips. (laughs) (laughs) 
kidding me? Hey, does cheap does cheap as chips mean something different in America? Because in the UK that'd be cheap as you know potato chips that you yeah French fries cheap as French fries cheap as French fries or is it as cheap as a bag of you know like Lay's crisps in America? That doesn't mean anything in America. I just was able to extrapolate what it meant because I'm friends with you guys. Uh, That's that's not a thing. Nobody says that there. Cheapest chips. No, no. What would you say? What would you say instead? Like to say to say that something's cheap. Um. What would that idiom be? Like, I don't know, I'd probably say it was like, oh, it's like dirt cheap. I would okay. say dirt cheap too, but yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got so distracted by that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I just, when you said that, I was like, yeah, chips feeds fries. I would rather have fries than a copy of Duke Nukem. Mm. Would you rather have a bag of crisps? No. Yeah. No, I'd rather have the fries. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'd rather, okay. So I would say in order it goes out French fries, then the crisps, then <laughs> <laughs> uh, Well, I guess it depends on the kind of fries. Because if they're like, like you McDonald's guys like those, fries. Like, you, you guys like those real thick steak fries. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're not steak fries; they're chips. But yeah, they're steak fries. <laughs> That's what we would get from the chip shop. From the fish and chip shop that you got the t-shirt yeah. from or at Epcot, you know, that's that's what the chips would be. Immediately after that, I went and got fish and chips. How was it? It was pretty good, actually. Okay, we'll talk about the rest of it on After Dark. Yeah, yeah. It's a good trip. I uh, had an authentically British experience, you guys. Arrows, French uh, fish and chips with steak fries. What more could you want? Well, no, I, they're fish. it was just fish and chips. Like I, they were, they are steak fries, but I'm gonna call them chips because that's what the dish is called. Okay. You know, I'm gonna respect right, the culture. Okay. Did it have mushy peas <laughs> and curry sauce? What's that? Did you have mushy peas with it? Curry sauce? No, no. I did have, uh, I did have a Victoria sponge for dessert. Ooh, though. nice. And actually, Sarah and I spent the entire time. I was just imitating Paul Hollywood. I was like, so approved. It's like all oh, you can see there. So I, I was like, where's the jam? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, so I think it's safe to say well, I'm not picking up Duke Nukem. But uh, this next game, this is one that um, I feel like we've talked about like a fair amount, actually. Two Point mm-hmm. Hospital mm-hmm. is uh, has been delayed until the first half of 2020. This is the, um, you know, it's, it's a hospital sim kind of game, and Steve and I sure like management sims. So yeah, I'm heartbroken. Uh, this is from the same people, basically, that made Theme Hospital X, Bullfrog, employees went and started up their own studio. Sega bought them. It's coming to console. I'm really sad that it's delayed, but I can wait. My thing is, I I'm bummed because I'm I think I'll pick this one up. But like Pixel said, there's just so many freaking games coming out right now that like I don't really like. I feel like this is a game that will get lost in the shuffle for me. Whereas if it's out early next year, there's a better chance I might have time for it. Yeah, yeah, because you know Animal Crossing is not going to take up your time. Yeah. Good point. I hope it comes out before Animal Crossing. No, why? Because I'll. Well, then it's fucked. <laughs> because I'm playing Animal Crossing. Yeah, but then there's Cyberpunk the month after Animal Crossing. Yeah, you're damn right. All I'm saying is this fall, like, I've got, right now, I'm working on Last of Us, uh, little, which I'm almost done with, Little Town Hero, Ring Fit Adventure just showed up, uh, then Outer Worlds is, is, comes out tomorrow, and uh, what, like another... Two, three weeks, we got Pokemon and Star Wars, and there's just too much. There's too much. 
Uh, speaking of too much, moving along now this week, Friday, October 25th, for all of you European listeners, we've got Killer Queen Black. Uh, it's already out in the States. This game is amazing. I think I like sold its praises a few weeks ago when it came out on the American eShop. Um, this game is fantastic. It is a insanely fun party multiplayer game. So like, if you have people that you regularly sit down and play party games with, like, definitely add this one to your repertoire because it is phenomenal. Does it have the Queen song in? Because that's all that pops in my head whenever I see Killer Queen. <laughs> I wish. That would be really cool, actually. Uh, so yeah, pick that one up for sure. Next up, we've got Into the Dead 2, mm. which, uh, man, this looks like a zombie game. It, 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 I think you will find it is a zombie game. Wow. Zombie first-person shooter. Cool. I'll take it. Tiny new genre. Do you know the one that I really want on um, on Switch is the one in the shopping mall. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, Dead Rising? Dead Rising. I loved that on the Xbox. That was great. Bring that to Switch. Or like Left 4 Dead. Yeah, or Left 4 Dead's good. Yeah, but Valve's not going to make any games these days. Yeah, they can't even pay someone to port, <laughs> apparently. Uh, <laughs> next up, we got Destiny Connect TikTok Travelers. Yeah, this was announced um, a while back you know, by uh, NIS, and it looks like a an interesting little game. Um, it's like got this very like cartoony, a, yeah. like steam steampunk aesthetic. Are you looking at the screenshots? Yeah, it doesn't look yeah. great in the screenshots. You seen, you seen the first screenshot? It looks like they've just made the Android logo <laughs> and dressed kind him of. up like a cowboy. It's like, dressed him up like Woody from um, Toy Story, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does kind of look like that. Yeah, I don't know, the The models look like a little bit like dead in the face. <laughs> like, there are p- times where it looks good and times where I'm just kind of like, I don't know about that. Remember that um that animation? It was like Baby Boss or Boss Baby or something. Oh my god, yes, it does. It, it just does looks look like, like Boss that. Baby. <laughs> 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 Alright, next up we got Dusk Diver. Uh, which I don't. I mean, it looks like a. It looks like an action JRPG to me. That's, that's exactly what it is. So it's like a bayonetta style game. Uh, there's a lady in the last screenshot with like huge boobs. So I always, I always don't. I don't get it. You know, they get, they know they're going into battle, and yet they wear no armor whatsoever and a little skimpy bikini. It makes it. It makes zero sense to me. Don't you know, Steve, that. Women both need to be protected by men, but are also way more powerful than them because apparently they don't need any kind of protective armor. That's right, yeah. That's, That's what the, I learned from video the, games. It's the big big bosoms that do it. Ridiculous. It's a hard pass for me. It kind of looks like a like a platinum-style like slash-em-up RPG. It does. So, if that's your bag, um, it looks pretty good. All right, so moving along to Tuesday, October 29th, we've got Resident Evil 5 and 6, Steve's most hotly anticipated games. I genuinely can't, I, I still can't believe they're selling these separately. Like, I really, I've, it's just mind-blowing to me. They're like nine do- They're like nine pounds a piece on Xbox, or included in Game Pass, or part of a collection, and yet they're 30 quid each on Switch. No, I'm not buying them. Not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> but you love Resident Evil, man. A Resident Evil Six, the one with the giraffe logo. You still can't unsee it, you know. Oh wow, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what's it doing to that rock? I have no idea. 
And usually I want anything with Leon Kennedy in, but, you know, I really just want Resident Evil 2 to be ported. I, I, I'll play that again. That was a great game. Off it's like £30. I'll, I'll pay 30 quick because it came out this year. What That's a 2019 60? game. I, I paid like 50 quid for it on Xbox or whatever. Would you pay 60 for Switch? I probably would. That'd be the Switch tax. I really, really yeah. enjoyed that game. How about if they, bump, if they bundled in like the DLC, no, I'm not paying a hundred. <laughs> there is Just a limit. testing your limits. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! So this next one uh, is called "Close to the Sun," and from reading the description, I I don't I don't know why you put this on here, Steve, because there's literally no information about this game. The story sounds interesting, but I have no idea what kind of game it is, and it has no screenshots or trailer. Which is weird because it came out in twenty, it came out in May and on PC, and then came out like it's coming out on console uh, on the 29th. Mm-hmm. But it's a it's a horror adventure game. Yeah, so it says uh, it's 1897 deep in international waters. The helos stand still. Dark clouds loom overhead as unforgiving waves crash against the hull. Yeah, okay, yeah. So it's like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Ignore all that stuff. It's kind of like um, I think it's like a zero escape style thing. You walk around okay. in a first person perspective. You go get keys and solve puzzles and stuff. It's kind of like one of those digital escape room games. All right, all right, um, all right. So next up, we've got Vampire. Uh, or vampire. I, I've never actually gotten a straight answer on what. No, no one knows. Nobody knows. No one knows. Um, this game is cool. I played this on PS4 a bit. I never finished it. Um, but this is made by Don't Nod, who are the creators of Life is Strange, which is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, so yeah, this this is a cool one. And it looks like he's got the dude from Resident Evil Two in. It does. Uh, it's like very very interesting because like you're a you're a doctor who gets infected with vampirism and then like you need to like basically you need to feed but there's this very advanced character system where every single character that you interact with like has a life and like relationships with other people so like you you basically like decide who you want to kill and what the Mm -hmm. ramifications of that are so like one of the best examples is like i think the first person that you feed on that they introduce you to is like a drunk drifter who's an asshole so you can kill him and nothing bad happens right but there's like another guy who you meet when you're in the hospital that you work who's like a father who got injured and he's like trying to get well so he can get back and take care of his family and if you feed on him all his kids die so it's like Stuff like that, you know, or like they become orphans. So really fun, happy subject. Great. <laughs> oh if yeah. You really want a, a, a mood lift? You know. You're saying you're saying all this depressive stuff, and in my head, it's just going. Oh yeah, need for need need to feed. You know, drunk drifter. <laughs> that would have been a great title. Or <laughs> <laughs> like a spin-off of Need for Speed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> drunk drunk drifter. Driving Perfect. these like souped up cars. Yeah, that sounds great. Oh my god. Uh, but yes, that's a cool one. I, I I definitely recommend people checking it out. I think it's probably going to be at home on Switch. Um, it has me interested in wanting to go back and finish it. Uh, okay, so Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz HD comes out that same day. Uh, we've talked about this. It's a port of the, you know, the, it's a port of the Wii, Wii game. game, and and it's thirty five pounds. Bargain. It's too much. I like I like Monkey Ball as much as the next guy. It's right. fine. You'd be able to pick this up for like 15 quid when it goes on sale, you know, in six months anyway. Uh, Alright, Disgaea 4 Complete Plus is also coming out that day. Um, just I don't know much about Disgaea, but it's a... It's a real popular JRPG series where the women wear hardly any clothes. Yep, 
It's another one of those. Except they're a little pixely, yeah, so. Yeah. Ooh, that's some people smaller. like that, man. <laughs> uh, Disney classics, uh, Aladdin and the Lion King both come out that day, uh, which is pretty tight. Those games are cool, and a lot of people love them. Have you seen the collector's edition of those yet? I don't know that there has been one announced. Yeah, I think it was announced yesterday. They look so oh, really? good. Yeah, they've got like the Switch game in a Genesis box with a poster or in like an N64 oh. style box. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I they look that. so good. I love that. I think IM8 uh, Bit are doing like retro carts of it as well. Yeah, it's the retro editions and IM8 Bit Legacy Cartridge Edition. Mm-hmm. That is rad. Is the Legacy Cartridge like actually a Super Nintendo cart? Or I think it is. I know they've done that. They've done that a few times. I believe so, yeah. I think it's a Genesis cart. No, no, it is. A, it's, a, it's a Super Nintendo one, yeah. You're right. There's a Genesis version of Aladdin and the Super Nintendo version of um, Lion King. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, so next up, we've got Harvest Moon Mad Dash. Uh, man, I miss when this series was good. Yeah, me too. Because, I, I, you know, I love that style of game. It's, but Stardew Valley's filled that hole for most people. It, you know, even this is like a weird perspective. It looks like a terrible mobile game. It's just really sad. Yeah, I mean, ever since they uh, parted ways with the original developer, mm. it's like this series has just been taking a nosedive. So no, it's just, just like a, 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 an awful port of like Farmville from Facebook. It literally like looks in like 2004. Farmville. It's awful. Pass on that one. Uh, Thursday, October 31st, we've got The Big Journey. I'm so excited about this. Do you remember Loco Roco on the PSP? Yeah. And Rolando on the uh, iPhone when that like first came out. Mm-hmm. This is that game. You like you tilt the screen and then they roll along and they, you know, it's basically that game. I'm excited for it. I loved, I loved Loco Roco. The main character is like a really chubby cat and mm. he's just rolling around. This is so cute. <laughs> he reminds me of. Have uh, you guys ever seen um, My Neighbor Totoro? Yeah, he kind of he kind of reminds me of a of a Totoro, <laughs> the le- the medium sized one, the really round one. Yeah, the little <laughs> blue one with the feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so this is this is cute looking, and it's uh very cheap. So, um, oh, God, maybe you want to check out. I'm gonna get this. Uh oh, excuse me. Oh, Ooh. too too many games, man. It's draining. Yeah, you. too many. I'm tired. I can't right get the end. list. Right at the end. <laughs> okay, so uh, last game on October 31st is Luigi's Mansion Three. Hell yeah, baby. Um, obviously we've talked a lot about Luigi's Mansion Three. Pixel offered his impressions earlier, so I don't think we need to belabor the point too much. But we did want to remind you guys that uh, Tetris 99 has a special Luigi's Mansion crossover. Uh, right now, nine nine, nine nine, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, which starts on the twenty fifth. Uh, so it'll you know by the time you guys are listening to this, it starts today and goes until Tuesday the twenty ninth. So you got all weekend to do this one. Uh, check it out, and you can unlock a uh, a spooky Luigi's Mansion theme, which is like it's all got ectoplasm on the side and stuff it looks cool i think my favorite thing about it is that uh, the, the player faces are all luigi mm-hmm. oh goigi goigi to yeah uh, everyone oh i didn't realize that was goigi that's so yeah. funny yeah whenever you die i guess you turn into one of them uh yeah so check this out um should be a good one you're gonna want to snag your uh your free theme All right, so moving along into the main event, we got a brand new Pokemon Sword and Shield trailer. 
Uh, we are three weeks out from this game, and we, we let's let's talk shop, guys. Let's talk shop. What haven't we seen? What will we see between now and release? Are we excited? What what where where are you guys at with Pokemon Sword and Shield right now? I've decided I'm not getting this on launch day. Wow. Is that because you you know haven't finished days ten of the games yet? Hey, uh, hey, hey, hey! No, I just I think um if I got The Witcher, I got Luigi's Mansion. There's no way I'd finish in time for this, and I am more excited about those two games than I am Pokemon. You're more excited about the you've played The Witcher and don't like it. Hey. I've played like ten minutes of The Witcher according to Pixel, and I need oh to play more. Plus, you know, like I, I don't see how this could be better than Fire Emblem, which I still haven't played. Like, there's just so much that I need to get through before Pokemon, and I got my Pokemon fix with Let's Go. Oh my god! And they've reverted some of the changes. <laughs> I to see was... Steve. I to see well, Steve slowly breaking things. <laughs> just so disappointed in you right now. Okay, Pixel, what about you? <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm picking up day one. It's on pre-order. I've got both versions on pre-order. Are you are you hyped? I'm, you know, medium hyped. I'm waiting because they're getting so close to launch now, and there's loads of stuff we don't know that they haven't revealed yet. And there could be some really good stuff in there. You know, I'd like to see more of the Gen 8 Pokemon. I'd like to see, you know, the evolutions of the three starters. And this is all stuff we haven't seen yet. In terms of gameplay, you know, loads of outlets got previews of the gameplay, like, what, two weeks ago, a week ago? Yeah. And it was all positive. So I think a lot of, you know, the initial fears people had, besides, you know, the, the national decks not having everything, are probably quite... Ooh. No, let's not bring that up again. Let's not bring that up. Pete's still reading about it. I'm not! Oh my god, I'm so tired of you guys projecting onto me. I made one, there's one episode where I defended people's upset feelings, and now I'm getting I'm getting lumped in with these fucking Dexit people. Fuck you, man. Alright? I said it was good for the metagame. Oh, we calling them Dexiteers, like, you know. Yeah. I can get out of that. So, I'm sorry, Pixel. Before I was so rudely interrupted, what were you saying? <laughs> I'm totally lost now. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to it you know I, I do want to see more stuff though you know they're ramping up marketing now they've just done this ad which showed you know a few more of the past gen pokemon i think there's like 16 ones that weren't confirmed from before that advert was really cool it was a really good advert oh yeah man they 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 know how to play to their audience right like uh-huh. it was just like whichever generation is your generation here it is but perfect you know, I think when we've talked about this in the past, I have, like, expressed that I, I wouldn't say that I've been, like, hyped for the game that much. Like, I'm always excited for new Pokemon, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there are things about a new Pokemon release that are always going to get me excited. Like, new designs that are cool, new abilities. Like, you know, I'm a Pokemon guy, so those things speak to me. But in terms of, like, my overall excitement for the game, it's been, I'd say, like, mid to low because you know it's like i kind of know what i'm getting already like or at least that's been my expectation is that it's going to be more of the same but with a few new bells and whistles and it, it wasn't until i read some of the preview material that i really started getting excited um because from what i've heard there's actually a lot of 
in a, like a lot more innovation than I think we've been led to believe mm-hmm. in the game, which is actually interesting because you look at the marketing strategy for Sun and Moon, and it was like every other day there was like something on the Pokemon Twitter. It's like here's this Pokemon, here's this character, here's what you're gonna do, here's how this mechanic works, and it feels like they've left us in the dark here with a lot of stuff. They're really drawing it out, even that you know that what's it the live forest camp where they just showed off one Pokemon yeah. in 24 hours. They're really milking it and doing it slowly this time. I don't think they'd be doing that if they weren't confident in what they built. Yeah, I think you're right. And it's super abnormal. You know, like, as far back as I can remember, there's never been a a, a rollout quite like this, you know? Um, Except maybe since, like, Gen 2, where I remember, like, the only way we got information was when it was, like, leaks from Koro Koro or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So, one of the things, two things that I read that really stuck out to me. Where that the wild area that we've seen is apparently as big as two sections of the Breath of the Wild map. So it's pretty large. And apparently, if you... It's kind of got like Dragon Quest rules. Like, you can go to areas of the map that you're not supposed to go. And you'll encounter Pokemon that are like way like overleveled compared to you. I think, I think that's a first for the series, isn't it? I've not it heard is. of that before. Yeah, and I mean, there's always the chance that you could just be good at the game and you get ahead and then, like, your Pokemon are behind the average level. So, like, you're going to grind or whatever, but, like, that's just normal RPG progression. Mm -hmm. Like, the idea of that, like, I could get into the open zone for the first time, want to explore every nook and cranny of it, and the natural deterrent instead of, like, a bush that you need to use cut on or, like, some other Metroidvania-style thing is just that, like, no, you physically can't get past this because there are big, scary Pokemon is, like, that's awesome. Like, that's that's what you want, right? Like, that makes it feel more realistic. I can't, I can't wait to see all, you know, the Pokemon YouTubers doing live, you know, Let's Plays trying to capture, like, crazy-level Pokemon when they're level, they're level 6, Grookey or something. It's going to be brilliant. Um, So yeah, that I think is like the thing that makes me the most excited is that it feels like there are still a lot of cards not on the table. And I I think the narrative around this game might be more positive than I expected once it actually comes out, which is emboldening. That's that's good. Yeah, we don't really know anything about the story really yet either. Like we know the setting, we know a few of the key characters, but we've not been told kind of how things play out or what to expect going forward. So like we've seen that Pokemon on the um, hillside and we've had no explanation for that yet. Right. Um, we've seen two legendaries. I think there's traditionally three in Pokemon games. If I, you know, I've only played a few of them, but it, it depends, but that's generally true. There's usually like the version exclusive, the version exclusive. And then in the last couple generations, there's been like the third one. Mm-hmm. So you know, but then there's also going to be probably whatever the three minor legendaries are, like the birds or the dogs or the you know whatever. So there's like a lot we just haven't even seen yet. We haven't even seen what the the evolutions of the starters are yet. I know, right? All the se- you that's know, wild. I presume they have three, so we haven't even seen the second stage, let alone the yeah. final form. Like that's like pretty pretty weird, honestly. That we're like a month out and we don't even know. I imagine they'll get Gigantamax as well, you know, because they're going to be everyone's key Pokemon, so we'll get to see a new a new form of them in Gigantamax form too. Yeah, I'd have to think that would be the case. Although I don't know, it's going to be interesting. I don't I don't know what to expect for like how many Pokemon will be able to Gigantamax. 
I'm not I'm like very interested to see like how exclusive that is. I've got a feeling they'll go with like the fan favorites, you know, because we've seen Pikachu, we've seen a lot of the Gen One kind of Pokemon, Charizard, Eevee, Butterfree, who looks like freaking Mothra. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's that leak that there's like loads, no, not loads more, but we know from the leak that everything else has come true from that there's a Galarian Meowth we haven't seen yet. Um, you know, so there's probably more Galarian forms of Pokemon that haven't been revealed. I was wondering if that was maybe a mistake in that initial leak and that the Galarian Meowth is the Gigantamax that we saw. I, I don't believe so. I've read other things that have suggested both before either happened, so... Okay. I think, I think there is a little furball Meowth for Gala It'll be Gala interesting region. because there's already... There was already an alternate Meowth in Sun and Moon. There was the, uh, the Dark-type Meowth and Persian from mm-hmm. the... Um, Oh God! What is that? What's that region called? I'm blanking on it. Hello, hello, Alola form. Thank That's you, it, yeah, Alola. Uh, yeah, so that that would be interesting to see. Um, if we like doubled up on it. Now there's three different kinds of meowth. Like, whoa, whole new world. <laughs> uh, so okay, let me ask you this, Steve. Is there anything? Is there any news that could come out between now and the release of the game that would change your mind? No, I don't think so. No, no. I mean, we'll see. It might be that they do a they do like a last minute Pokemon Direct, and I go, actually, this game looks amazing. I really need to get it. And I always get wrapped up in the hype. Like I'll see people getting on Twitter and posting screenshots. I'll see you talking about how awesome it is. You guys will be talking about it on the podcast. I I probably get wrapped up in the hype, and I'll probably end up buying a copy. <laughs> buy it play the first like two hours and be like i didn't like it and then i'll just cry well i don't know because i played the hell out of let's go i i completed that in, like three days because i just i loved it that's what's really surprising for me that you you know you played that you really enjoyed it but you're not looking forward to the next one which has got a lot of you know new mechanics a lot more things to do in it and we do a podcast about nintendo like <laughs> okay, yeah we I do a podcast about, about nintendo but like are you buying luigi's mansion next week yeah yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> fine. I'll get. Oh, fine. I'll get Pokemon. Woo! We yeah. did it. We did it, boys. <laughs> oh my God! Pokemon 2020. We did it. <laughs> Gotta catch them all, Steve. <laughs> okay. So so let's 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 pull on that thread. Do we think there'll be another reveal between yeah. now and the release? I think yes. One hundred percent. Yeah. I don't know what form it'll be. I don't know if it'll just be a YouTube video drop or if it'll be a Nintendo Direct or if... You th- yeah, so I don't know what it'll be, but I do think they'll they'll reveal more information. I think another reveal is probably more likely than a Direct. I feel like Pokemon Directs are usually, like, more... Here's the new game. We're announcing all of this stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then after that, Pokemon Company kind of takes over and does, like, mm-hmm. these trailer announcements that we get. So I would I would be surprised if there was another like proper direct i'd go with drip feeding info like they've been doing i think they're going to ramp up you know show your pokemon every now and again and i think as it gets towards you know the last push to sell the game not necessarily a pokemon direct maybe a nintendo direct with you know a hefty pokemon chunk in it i think i think they're going to do a general push to the entire switch audience to try and get you know the last few people like steve hyped enough to want to buy it on day one I think that 
makes sense. I think the idea of them doing a few more trailers like this or one more big trailer like this um, and then being a part of a broader like end of the year Nintendo Direct that that sounds like that makes sense to me. No, what, I, what I'd love to see them do is release a demo on the eShop. I think that'd convince a lot of people if they let them explore a little bit of the wild area. They they probably will. I mean, they they did that it. way after release for Let's Go, though, right? Didn't didn't they do a demo for that in the yeah, end? Yeah, it came it came quite a bit later. But I mean, they they've also had they had demos for Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire and Sun and Moon. So I, I think I think a demo makes sense, especially because I don't know, like. I kind of feel like them doing another direct or having more announcements or a demo like makes sense because the narrative around the game is still kind of muddy. Mm-hmm. Like there are definitely people who are excited, but I think there are a lot of people like Steve who are kind of like, eh, you know, yeah. like I'll wait and see. Um, I've had a few friends tell me that they're not going to get it. I think it's just it's it's become one of those like annual games. It's just like oh, it's another FIFA. Oh, another Call of Duty. Oh, another Assassin's Creed. It's like it's like do I need another one every single year, or could I live with the fact that you know we get one every two to three years, like a, a Zelda game, and then we are all buzzing about it because it's like oh, we haven't had a you know a full Zelda game in in three years, four years probably by the time that Breath of the Wild two comes out. For Breath of the Wild, it was like six years. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I, I totally agree with that sentiment. You know, I think Pokemon definitely is like p- the audience is starting to feel fatigue from the annualized releases, I think. Um, but it's really surprising to me that this is the game where like that's hitting its peak because like it's the first proper Pokemon on Switch. I, I think if they hadn't done, I think if they hadn't done Let's Go last year, and this was the first Pokemon on Switch, and this was the one that everyone was excited about, it would probably be more hype and more well received. Okay, let let me ask you this then, Steve, because you picked up Let's Go and you played. Did you play Gen One Pokemon on Game Boy? Uh, some of it, yes. Some of it. Okay, so did you have like a bit of nostalgia that drove you towards a little Let's bit? Go? Yeah, it, because it was that Gen One, and I knew them all. And I watched the anime when I was a kid. It was a lot of that. Okay, like, so if if Let's Go didn't exist, so you haven't picked it up, do you think you'd still feel the same way you do right now about Sword and Shield, or no, would you be I more interested? So. Yeah, I think I'd be more interested because I hadn't played a Pokemon. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I thought, because the way I saw it would be like, Let's Go would bring back in that, you know, lapsed audience, get them interested in it again. Uh, because, you know, it's a game that everyone has a yeah. lot of nostalgia for that may not be playing Pokemon anymore, like myself. And then we'll introduce Sword and Shield. We'll do a bit of Gen 1 pandering, like in the ad we just saw that starts with, you know, Haunter and Pikachu. No, I just, I just think, yeah. There's all those new Pokemon. There's all those new mechanics of Gigantamax, Dynamax, all of that stuff. But it's still not massively different in terms of gameplay from any other Pokemon game that's come before. It's still the same battle mechanics. It's still the same collection, which is great. That's what everyone wants. I get that. But you know, imagine if they released a new 3D Mario every single year. I already already felt that like the 2D Mario stuff was too much with let's release new Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe and then let's do Mario Maker 2. You know, it was kind of like I think that's why Mario Maker 2 maybe didn't have as big of a splash as people think it would maybe should have. Because like when Mario Maker came out on the Wii U, it was it was huge and maybe that's just because the Wii U was, you know, 
a little bit lackluster. <laughs> if everyone wanted games, I'd take anything. <laughs> um, but I think I think if for me, it's just that fatigue of I've played that and it didn't feel like it was too long ago because I played that into the new year. Like I went back and revisited right. Pokemon because you know it was a, no- a late November release. It was like I played it over Christmas. I played a little bit in January, so I've already played some Pokemon this year. And then uh, now there's another one just a few months later. Does the whole like open wild area bit not appeal? That to you? stuff. That stuff is way more exciting. That stuff's more exciting. The raids is exciting. All of that stuff. I just I maybe haven't seen enough of that. And I haven't played any of that. So maybe when I see people playing that and talking about it and getting excited about that, maybe that's when I'll be like, yeah, this is what I want. Yeah, it's so weird because, like, I I generally prefer when games, like, hold their cards closer to their chest so we don't know everything going into it right away. But I feel like mm-hmm. this is, like, the one time where Pokemon kind of needs to be showing more because people are so unsure about it. And, like... Based on the impressions that we're hearing, I think there's actually a good chance that it's going to exceed people's expectations of it right now, but they're not doing anything to assuage those fears, you know? I I, I think so, because people are focusing on the negatives, like, oh, it hasn't got the national decks, hasn't got this, hasn't got that, oh, there's too many many changes, or Gigantamaxing looks goofy, why have they bothered putting all this in? But we haven't seen any of that real gameplay, that story, any of the... We haven't seen enough of the the Gen Eight Pokemon. I think if once when they show that, maybe that's when people will get more on board. But you two are you two already on board? You two you two already excited about it? So I could be and probably am in the minority. I don't know that you are. I really yeah. don't. I think that there are a lot of people like you who are feeling the annualized fatigue, who are ready for something new and different, and who expected more from this game. And there's a chance that, again, like, we just don't know enough about it and that when we get to that open area, when we see these new things, that we'll feel like it was actually a significant step forward. Um, Because that, I mean, I remember reading, like, I think that was the Polygon headline was that it's like it's a it's a really good mix of nostalgia and innovation and like that's really what Pokemon needs, I think, more than anything is like I think the annualization is hurting it. But I also think that if uh, every new year there was a new Pokemon game, or say every two years, right? Say they they kept on their thing of their, like, we do a new game, a new generation, new Pokemon, new mechanics. We do a remake of an old game, and then we do a Let's Go game. And you get, like, a new real Pokemon every, like, three years, right? That way. And Mm -hmm. every single time you got to that new generation, it really felt like a significant jump forward. I think people might feel differently about it. That's that's what I would like, and I think next year we're not going to see a Pokemon game. There's going to be a Detective Pikachu coming out next year. If either just Detective Pikachu or Detective Pikachu Two, if that actually makes 2020. Um, so I don't think we'll see a Pokemon game proper. It will be Detective Pikachu will fill that. Pokemon yeah, I think I think that's going to be next year's equivalent of Let's Go. <clears throat> you know, the stop the yeah. stopgap game while they work on the unless they do a third version of Sword and Shield. Yeah, they could do like Ultra Sword yeah. and Shield. Or like uh Spear. Spear, yeah. Whoa. I think I think that's likely, unfortunately. Um I think it's like I I hope you're right, but I think the more likely scenario is that next year we get Detective Pikachu 2 and the third Pokemon game. Um but I I I really 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 want to see them move away from the annualized formula because I think I don't think Pokemon is a game that we should have every year and like it's a game that should feel special when it comes out and it just it mm-hmm. it doesn't 
anymore because of what you're saying. And you're not, you're definitely not wrong. Like I'm excited because this is like representative of new shit, you know? And like, for me, I'm kind of always playing Pokemon at some capacity. So like, it doesn't matter to me that I played let's go last year. You know, that was like yeah. a very short experience for me. Cause it was easy. It's like your, it's like your forever yep. game. You know, everyone's got one like that. So we're getting a little long in the tooth on this one. So I want to get out of here, but real quick before we go, I do just want to ask this question. Uh, I, I think we've all expressed at some capacity that Gigantamaxing is like goofy and everything, but if you could pick any Pokemon to get Gigantamax, who would it be? Snorlax. That's exactly what I was going to say, Steve. He's a Gen 1 Pokemon. It's perfect. <laughs> and you can make him five times as big. <laughs> yeah, and he's already huge. I, I asked a similar question on Twitter yesterday. and a lo- That's why I put it in the doc, because yeah, I saw your question. Yeah, a lot of the best answers, like Snorlax and then Waylord was the other one. Yeah, Waylord. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. <laughs> Although Mag- Magikarp's a solid pick. Oh, my God. oh, Gyarados would be cool. Nah, just Magikarp. Just on its own, yeah. and all it does is splash Yo, and does absolutely nothing. I would really like a Gigantamax Gyarados, though. That would be sick. Yeah. Gyarados mm. is a bad motherfucker. All right, then. Uh, qu- quickly, before we go, if you could have a Galarian form of any Pokemon, which would it be? That is a far more exciting question. Hmm. I don't know, because, you know, you want, I want someone that gets gets all posh. I could see, I could, again, could see Snorlax with, like, a little curly mustache and a top hat or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fancy Snorlax. What about what about you, Pixel? I'm still thinking. I don't know. You know the Pikachu from the London store? Yeah. With the, yeah. I, I reckon that's going to be in the game. And it, it, oh, 100%. I think he's in the so game. I'd I don't like think to, that'll be a Galarian form, though. But I'd like to see a Raichu that's kind of along those lines, you know. Okay. Carries on that thing. Okay, all right. <sighs> um, like, the first thing that came to mind for me was, like, a Hitmonlee and, like, a soccer jersey. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a Magikarp surrounded by chips. <laughs> or, like, Goldine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Gyarados. I feel like Gyarados is uh, an awesome design, and I would love to see a like an updated version of him that's got some bells and whistles and like maybe a different mm-hmm. typing. Like, that would be cool. Because, like, water flying, not the best typing. He doesn't fly either. Never understood why he was a flying type. Give me, like, <laughs> and his mega evolution, like, where he looks like a giant shrimp, not a fan. So give me a... Uh, Give me an updated Gyarados design with a better typing. Make him like electric or something. That would be a force to be fucking reckoned with. Nice. So yeah, there's my pick. All right. So uh, I'm sure this won't be the last time we talk about Sword and Shield before it comes out because pretty sure there's another announcement coming. So we'll probably have at least one more of these preliminary conversations. So if you guys are you know interested in talking about Sword and Shield, make sure you hit me with your uh, your questions over on uh, Pete at Lupots.com. Go join us on our Discord and uh, come chat with us. Let us know what you're thinking. Um, or I don't know, go tweet a pixel or something. Maybe maybe we'll we'll bring it up again next week. So if you like the episode, make sure you like it, share it with a friend. Uh, if you want to find the rest of our content, we're at Lupots pretty much everywhere. You can visit us at Lupots.com for all Nintendo news and reviews. Uh, head over to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Lupots. We should have some new videos coming up there soon. So you're going to want to go there, hit that subscribe button, click that notification bell so you know that when they go live, you'll get that sweet, sweet notification. 
And, uh, yeah, we're all over the place. Um, best way that you can support us, though, is, of course, to head over to patreon.com slash lootpots. If you support us at the $5 level, you'll get access to our patron-exclusive show, After Dark, where we talk about everything besides Nintendo. Um, and sometimes Nintendo, but, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, th- this week, uh, Steve and I talked a little bit about, uh, some vacations that we had or had coming up. Uh, we talked a little bit about the last of us. No, we didn't actually get to the last of us because we no, started we talking about no. a bunch of other stuff. So that'll be the next episode. Uh, yeah. So check it out. It's a great show. We think it's worth your time and money and, uh, we hope you'll give us your support so that, um, you know, this project doesn't drive pixel into the poorhouse. Uh, and with that, uh, that's that's it for episode 45 of the podcast. We'll see you next week.